Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at it again, back at the Replant Bootcamp. Bob, I hope you're ready for the next episode. Here we are halfway through May, a little more. Weather is really starting to warm up down here in Florida and maybe even a little bit out there in the in the east, the western Midwest, east of St. Louis. <laughs> the, the eastern Midwest. Eastern, <laughs> eastern Midwest, whatever, wherever it is you are. Yeah, so it is said that St. Louis is the westernmost east coast city. So that may be where you got tripped up of just a that's, little bit. That's there. such a confusing statement. I don't know that I my know. dyslexic mind will ever remember that correctly. I, yeah, it's it's confusing even to me. I have to slow down when I say <laughs> it. So, but man, Jimbo, it's a beautiful day. I was out actually earlier and I was in the uh, convertible and had the top down, was uh, playing some uh, Keishi, which is our rock station. I think we had some Eagles going and and some other stuff. So okay. uh, today was a, a beautiful day Okay, and it's in the high 60s and I love it. And so Jimbo, that means that summer's right around the corner. Right around the corner, man. And summer's such a, a unique time for churches. Depending on how you approach it, summer sometimes can be like a dramatic drop in attendance and engagement, mm-hmm. or it's a pretty good increase or there's VBS and there's youth camps and there's summer missions and all kinds of things that go on in the life of a church in the summer. Mm-hmm. And most of the renewals churches or the churches that are revitalizing or replanting, here's what I've seen, and especially during my years, you're strong through Mother's Day. And then after Mother's Day, it's like everybody disappears until yeah. the week before school or the week after school. Yeah, it can be a little discouraging. Yeah. So you're running on like a summertime crew and schedules just a little bit lighter for you, perhaps in some ways, maybe even some for some of the family. So one of the things I, I thought we should talk about, and that's why I recommended the topic, is how do we use our summer to be missionally active and how do we help our church members be missionally active with us during the summer? So before summer hits, maybe we could give some quick hits and some some things to think about, about how to maximize your summer for mission. Yeah, you know, you talk about the post-Mother's Day kind of slump. This episode's scheduled mm-hmm. to come out the Wednesday after Mother's Day. So, Well, there you go. So what we've just told you, listener, is if Sunday was a really great attendance day, then sorry, that's probably done for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a playbook. Run with it. Yeah. This is so jump in now and start thinking about what are you going to do this summer? And and I love the way you have approached this, Bob. Not just, hey, what are you going to do this summer to try to keep attendance at a certain mm-hmm. point, but rather than focusing on how many people are showing up on Sunday morning, how are we sending? How are we mobilizing our people? How are we taking advantage of the summer and the differences that the summer brings uh, in order to mobilize the members of our church on mission? Absolutely. So I want us to think about this two ways because I think it's important. First of all, there's the mission field right around the church, right? Mm-hmm. So your church to have kind of a church centric missional approach. And what I mean is that the geography, the address, the location, the people that are right immediately around your church, because he, here's what I know, Jimbo, it can be 50% 
are, are more or 50% or less of your church attenders who live right around your church. Yeah. Right? And the day of driving and automobiles and choice, you may be reaching people that drive, you know, 10 plus minutes to, to attend your church and they don't shop in the area in the neighborhood where a church is, but your church still has a mission field right around it. Yeah. So in some ways, think about it that way. Yeah. And all those who live close to the church, rally them for mission centric activities that occur right around the church. Then what I would also say, Jimbo, is how can you empower those who drive further in from further away to be on mission in their neighborhoods? Mm. Right. So, you know, they're driving in to do mission. Well, let's let's reverse that. Cause remember in Matthew 28, what does it say? Go into all the world. All right. So you've already got them dispersed after Sunday, but equip them to do mission in their neighborhood. And so these suggestions that we're going to to make here, here's what I like about them. They don't require committee approval or calendar space, <laughs> and they really don't acquire, uh, require all that much money. Like you can yeah. do this with, with just a limited yeah. money. So what we would love to see is some replants and revitalizations, just kind of take some of these ideas and maybe even implement them and then send us a picture, like put it on our Facebook page, yeah. put it on Twitter. We would love to celebrate and highlight the work that you're doing uh, to be missional yeah. in your neighborhoods. Absolutely. No, that'd be really good. Uh, all right, let's list some of these out. Let's start with the first one that you've got listed here, pray for your neighbors by name. Of course, you'll have to learn their names in order to do this. Yeah, there's a couple things that you can do here. And I think if you just show up at the church or at your house and you can produce a very simple prayer card mm -hmm. that says something like this, hey, we're so glad to be in your neighborhood our church is going to be praying for the people of our area over the next few weeks. Is there anything that we could pray for you about? Right. Mm -hmm. And give them that card. And you could do two things. One is you could put a stamp on the back of it so that they could fill it out and drop it in the mailbox. You could put a QR code on it where they could scan it with their phone and then fill out a prayer request. And then as those come in, share those with your church family. Right. Do some of those on a Sunday morning as they come in. Say, hey, we're going to pray for one of our neighbors. They indicated that they were, mm. you know, interesting. Yeah. Jimbo, if you have a sign, you remember those signs where you change the letters all the time, where, where somebody has mm -hmm. come up with a pithy saying. Oh, yeah. And then you got to change it. Or if the high school youth break in, they put, they like spell out bad words on the sign and you've got to change that before Sunday. So, I mean, put it on your sign if you've got letters or if you're really one of those churches that that has arrived and you have a digital sign, man, put it out there on your sign that, that your church is praying for the neighborhood and you'd like for people to share their prayer requests. What this does is, it, one, is it lets your neighbors know that you care about them, but it also motivates your church to be active in knowing the needs of the neighbors right around either the church or in their neighborhood. I think one of the ways you could think about that is if you were to draw like a tic-tac-toe symbol yeah, and draw your draw your house in that middle circle. And then if you don't know the names of like, so what in that tic-tac-toe circle, if you're the center, who lives across the street from you, who lives behind you, who lives to the left, who lives to the right, and then who lives diagonal from those. And maybe a goal for the summer is is even just figuring out the names of those families. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're not aware, and this is something that you can easily challenge your people to do. And at the very least, right, you get the names and you start praying for them and you, and that's it. That's as far as you go. 
But certainly if you could go steps further, that'd be amazing. But for some people, that's going to be a pretty overwhelming task, just depending on how you're wired with that. And that might be one of those things that that's a really great way to think about how do we just even identify who our neighbors are? How do we pray for them? How do we invest in that relationship and not just put something on their door that says, hey, you should come to my church, but how do we actually build a relationship with them? Absolutely. Here's another idea. It's important for us to get out and be active in our neighborhood. So one of the things we've done, Jimbo, is we've adopted a couple of dogs, the Pitbull Wrecking Crew, and we constantly walk those pit bulls, not because we necessarily decided that we just want to walk a lot, but if we don't walk the dogs, they get into mischief in our house, right? So it is it is necessity. But one of the things that's been great is we've learned the names and connected with a lot of people in our neighborhood just by walking. Yeah. And everybody has a story about a dog and most people like dogs, right? So you get to know people. So what I would say is whether you have a dog or not, maybe you got some kids, get a wagon, get their bike, get their scooters and just walk the neighborhood on a regular basis when it's cool and talk to people, stop and get to know their names and that sort of thing. So get to know your neighbors and you might even have a prayer card in your back pocket just to say, Hey, we're praying for people in our neighborhood. Our church is love to give this to you and just know that you don't have to indicate your name, but we're just praying for needs in the neighborhood. So love to have the opportunity to pray for you. Get to know them, uh, check in with them. And I've got some really good friends now from walking our dog for about a year now. Uh, we've had Daisy for about a year and then added Dax in December. And we've got some really good friends that, that I have meaningful conversations with on a regular basis. I love that idea. I think part of that is we no longer, for the most part in America, live in a society where people are okay with you knocking on their doors. Mm-hmm. And so just walking around, being outside, catching people outside is an opportunity to get to know people in a less intrusive, invasive way in the culture that we live in right now. Uh, the next one you have listed, I love this, if invite neighbors or coworkers over for a cookout or porch party, having people come in your home can be intimidating, kind of in that same vein. And so move the party outside, enjoy, Get not just walk around, but see if you can't get them just in the yard, on the porch, hanging out. Absolutely. Our, our neighborhood is like that. Our city's like that. And you've been to our city. So, you know, we're kind of a, a front porch and sidewalk community where everybody's out walking and live music is a deal and backyard parties are a deal. And so we have a, a yard that is wonderful for entertaining. It's got a fire pit. We've got cafe lights. And one of the things we have done on a regular basis is, is after the 4th of July parade, we'll just invite our neighborhood over for a cookout and hangout. And they come out and they hang out in the shade. They, we talk and we catch up. And that's kind of our one time of year, really, to connect with each other face to face. But we connect with each other, obviously, throughout the year. But you can leverage your, your home and uh, in your backyard. Now, here's what I know. Most people, if you've never invited them to your home, most neighbors are nosy and they want to come and see what your home's all about, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if they mm-hmm. can stay outside of it, Yeah. right? So, so they'll come over and, and check it out. But Hospitality, Jimbo, is is one of the most underutilized ways of being missional, but it's also one of the easiest and most effective. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, just as a pastor uh, of a replant or a leader in a a replant or revitalization, just be thinking about what are are the ways that work in your context to creatively point people towards some easy, low-commitment missional steps to get them moving in the right direction. Uh, Another one you have on the list here, Bob, number four, 
do you have kids? Do you have neighbors with kids? Water balloons and squirt guns can go a long way. You know, we love that here in Florida when it's 175 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. We love to get a slip and slide going, a pool. We've got a pool in the backyard. We got a trampoline and, you know, you get some water balloons, squirt guns going during the summer, man. Even the adults will jump in sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things, too, I would say is the next suggestion is don't forget the older folks in your neighborhood, Yeah, the, the shut-ins and the elderly. There's some folks who maybe their family's gone away. Maybe it's just a couple of them. Maybe somebody's recently lost a spouse. Like, just be kind and gracious and include them. Yep. Yeah. Take cookies over. Take, you know, a fruit basket. Maybe share some things from your garden. You know, those sorts of things. And then spend just a few times a few moments sitting with them on their porch or, or standing at the door and just having conversation. I think that, that one of the loneliest groups in, in our communities often is the senior adult who doesn't have family or kids right around. Yeah. And so they're one of the most important groups to reach out to. Yeah. Our, our neighbor across the street is a senior adult lady that lives on her own. And mm-hmm. we've trained our kids now. I mean, if you are playing outside and you see her pull up with groceries, you know, you run over there and you help put the groceries in the house and she walks with a walker. And, you know, they've done that on such a regular basis now. And when her mower broke, we cut her grass for a while. And so it was so sweet this East, you know, we lived here for a little over a year now. And this Easter, she got all three of our kids Easter baskets. Oh, sweet. And so just making those connections with senior adults is so important. Yeah. The other thing I would say, Jimbo, this kind of goes to the house thing. You could have a block party in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You could also have a block party at your church. What I've discovered is in my neighborhood, which is really affluent, people are more likely to go to a neighborhood block party versus a church block party, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a relational aspect. And so don't don't not leverage your church's facilities and in, in properties for a party, but also don't overlook the fact that most people want to be in their neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to walk out the front door and down the street than to get in the car and drive across town to go to a black party at someone's house or to, at the church. So I think don't overlook the church, but also don't underestimate parties in, in the neighborhood. I would add to that that is, is not even on this list, but would help you with all of these is, you know, there's an app called Nextdoor. Yeah. That is kind of like a social media app for your community, for your neighborhood. That's a great way to let people know that you're doing a block party, connect with those sorts of things. Sometimes people will post needs that they have in their neighborhood there. And that's just a great way to to tie into all these things that you're doing. Yeah. The other thing, too, is I would say is there's all kinds of live music that happens in areas, particularly in our city. And so invite friends that you know that are in the community to meet you at one of those venues and just enjoy some live music together. Specifically, if you have friends that are maybe on the fence where it comes to church or things of God or that sort of thing, and then invite some of your other friends who attend the church with you and introduce them. And then just especially, Jimbo, if you're trying to teach people how to have a missional conversation that that are really kind of unsure about how to do that, man, go go visit a, a, a live music concert. We we have a, a cafe that does live music every weekend during the summer. We've got a gazebo series. We've got a blues festival. And man, it's just a great time to, to get out and do that. Here's another one that is kind of fun is sponsor a popsicles in the park party. Hmm. Right. You know, it's everybody like, I don't think I really know anybody who dislikes a popsicle Jimbo. <laughs> I mean, there are probably some out there, but during the evening, particularly if you have a park that adjoins a baseball practice field, man, grab the giant church cooler, 
fill it with ice, dry ice, and then go get a bunch of popsicles. You could get those plastic, you know, kind that are, mm-hmm. you just cut the top off and then you push it up rather than the stick kind, or you can do both, right? But just do a popsicles in the par- party and get a jam box out there, having have good music and cornhole and some, you know, games and just have some, just a fun pop-up party because everybody likes a fun pop-up party, I think. Oh, absolutely. One of the things we would do oftentimes in summer here in Florida, there are several public pools or apartment pools that are shared. And we'll take our kids and we'll take a big Gatorade cooler full of like lemonade or something like that and just set out a free sign of, hey, free lemonade. And kids are out playing in the heat and they didn't bring anything to drink with them. And and so they're excited to get some free lemonade. Ends up making a mess. And so if you do that, you know, pick up the trash. Don't be the guy that brought all the trash to the public pool and, <laughs> and leave it trash. Uh, and so it's a commitment to to have that, but it's also a commitment to make sure that you, you know, clean up after yourself whenever you go. But it is creates a really good opportunity to get to know people, talk to them because they're going to go, hey, why would you do that? And mm-hmm. uh, it gives you a good opportunity just to talk to them and see what where that conversation goes. Mm-hmm. Here's one that's kind of a, for the non-extroverted type missional folk mm-hmm. who are out there who want to do uh, something good for the community, but also are, are just hesitant to interact with people. If you see something in your community that needs addressed, like a particular area, like a median or a place that is kind of along a road that is like trashy or is unkempt or something like that, man, get a few folks and just go tackle that, like clean up the trash, cut the grass, you know, kind of trim some things back. And just serve that serve by doing that sort of thing in a very practical way. Often what I found is is when you do stuff like that, people will actually roll down their windows and go, man, thank you so much. Are you with the city? Are you like, no, we're with such and such church and we're just out here serving the community. And that will stick in people's minds and they'll go, wow, how about that? That's that's something that they're not just about their thing. They're building their property, but they're out here to. To add value to the community. So if you're super introverted and, and you're more service oriented, uh, man, serve the community, make it a beautiful place in the name uh, of Christ and, and go for that. That's also a really good way, even if you're not introverted, to mobilize some of your members that probably are. Mm-hmm. I, I know in our community, we have a lot of good old boy guys that would cut any grass, cut a tree, build anything, repair anything. They're not going to have a conversation with a neighbor, with a stranger though. Not naturally. But if you say, hey, we're going to go and we would do this periodically. We had, I don't, I don't know why the Lord did this. Maybe it's for this missional opportunity, but like the Lord gave us a lot of guys in our church that cut grass. Mm-hmm. And so we, we would take those guys and say, hey, how many of you guys could take this Saturday and let's just go find some yards in the neighborhood with high grass and just, I'll do all the talking. Don't worry about that. I'll do all the talking. Yeah. And I would go with them. I would go, I would go knock on the door and be like, hey, here was Redemption Church. See, it's uh, been a while since you've been able to cut the grass. We've got a whole crew here. We would love to do that for you. And then usually I would end up talking to that person half the time they were cutting grass. But it's a way to get them involved and taking a step in the missional direction. And really, it's a way for us to disciple our members into being missionally minded. And we're not going to get them, you know, all the way there in, in step one. And so you got to figure out what are the baby steps I can get them to take. And I think it's a really great suggestion that you've got. Yeah. Here's the last one. Listen, listen. Now, how do you listen to your community? This can be a little bit challenging, but here's some suggestions, Jimbo. One is if your community has a paper, 
a Facebook page, a social media presence where people interact. If You know, there's kind of a neighbor's page, that sort of thing. Man, read that as a missionary, right? Not as a conservative evangelical that's going to get frustrated by the stupid content that's in the paper. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jimbo, here's a newsflash for the listening audience and for all of the Baptist world. Lost people act like lost people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Last time I checked, right? Yeah. So expecting non-Christian people to live by Christian ethics and doctrine, you are setting yourself up for a world of frustration. Yeah. So just don't expect that. But take the view that Christ did when he saw the masses, that he saw them as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, and his heart was breaking for them, right? Yeah. So with the eyes of Christ, listen to your community, and hear what they're talking about, and hear what their needs are, and then see if there's some way that you as an individual or a church can engage with the community and be a blessing. Now, here's here's one surprising way that over the years the Lord allowed me has allowed me to be a blessing to my community. My community is very, very liberal, very, very affluent. And so all of the ideologies that can run contrary to Christianity are present in my culture. I mean, they're just, it's, my culture's rife with that, right? And so oftentimes I've just said, Barb, we just need to move out of here and go live on a commune and raise goats and flowers, right? Like this is just driving me insane. And uh, even sometimes I'll text you some of the crazy headlines and stuff that that go on. And so, but here's what the Lord has allowed me to do. I I know some of the city council folks. I know the mayor. um, I know some of the leaders in the community. And when there's an issue that's got people upset, there have been some times, Jimbo, that the Lord has allowed me to enter in and be a peacemaker, and to be a voice of hope and help in an otherwise very divided and divisive situation. Mm-hmm. And I would have never imagined that that would be part of being a blessing or being missional inside of a community. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so taking the position to be a peacemaker means that I oftentimes don't say fully everything that I believe and don't share all of my convictions but I listen and ask questions and I see if there's common ground that we can establish for the good of the city yeah. and for the good of the community. And so what I would say is, is pastor, you and your people try to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Right. And Jeremiah 29 talks us about to the children who were next, the children of Israel who are next, the Lord sent a message to them, like live in the city and work for its good and raise families and, try to prosper and, and be about blessing the city. And I think that Jimbo, the, the Christian missional impulse for us used to be, I've got to tell people where they're wrong and what to believe and that mm-hmm. they're sinners in need of salvation. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's completely true, but somehow we've got to un, uh, discover and uncover that the missional impulse for us in the present culture is if we can be listeners and be blessings, and if we can model what it means to, to have a vibrant relationship with God and love people, I think we'll see people warm to the gospel. We're still going to have to communicate the message that people are far from God because of their sin and their need of salvation, but it certainly gives us the platform to do it when we take the listening and loving approach. 
Absolutely. I think it's so wonderful. Uh, and just the way that you've listed this out, I think is very helpful, Bob. And I would only add one other thing. I think we've talked about this some before. Sometimes as replanters, we forget that we can learn from church planters and develop partnerships. Yeah. And summers are a really good time for developing partnerships, for getting mission teams to come down to, and partner with them, to partner with other churches to do things. It's a really great thing as you see needs in your city uh, to not just do that, just your church or just for your church. What are two or three other churches in your community that could partner together on doing some of these things together? Um, so I think it's great as we think through this, not to focus on, hey, how do we make sure we can keep attendance up over the summer? But how do we how do we increase missional engagement over the summer? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.